0: Would
1: you like to say something to the class before we begin? Hi, everybody. How did you burn? I mean, you know how it is. How did you burn? I in and wrote in and whatnot. I'm going to steal a declaration of independence. I wouldn't make you out to be a burger, not in an outfit. Put the body back in the box. All right, now loosen up. I will be damned if I didn't get
0: really turned on. Hello and welcome back to subsequent movie podcast, Cajolta Club, where we are on episode nine of our journey through the filmographies of John Travolta and Nicolas Cage. And this week we just watched Urban Cowboy from 1980. And Ryan, I think this might be... The first time since we've started this uh, season of the show where I have genuinely found myself pining to spend some time with our boys Borat and Nazimat, because this fucking movie is the Drizzling Shits. (laughs)
1: This movie was like having a spiritual lobotomy <laughs> in which my soul and every ounce of enthusiasm I had for life was systematically and precisely removed from me across two hours and 15 minutes of runtime. Unforgivable. Unforgivable. Unforgivably
0: long. Unforgivably long. It is glacially fucking paced you could cut easily half this movie out of it and lose nothing the central conceit of it this is a movie about like mechanical bull riding and beating your wife like it's fucking oh it's the worst I hated this
1: (laughs) I did not like this film I think I think I was able to tolerate it maybe a little bit more than you were but at the same time I could not point to anything in this film that I would say was particularly well done or engaging or interesting or worthwhile or potent or important. Like, just, just nothing. There's just <laughs> this, this, I just feel like this film completely wasted my time. Like, 100%. Yeah. Like, this. And I think Valley Girl as well. And to a degree, I think Saturday Night Fever to a point. Like the thing with Fever with that film and, and Travolta is that I was on board with that movie to a point, but then it took a real sharp decline in the back half, right? Yeah, like once yeah. once you start introducing all the sexual assault and that kind of thing, that movie took a real nosedive. Urban Cowboy was something that I was probably on board with for a all of 15 minutes before I was like, okay, how much longer do we have
0: <laughs> Yeah. Um, this, we don't often do time checks when we watch stuff. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't happen a lot, but it I will do three or I four will times, do, times here.
1: Yeah. I will do time checks when we watch a film because I want to know in terms of story structure where the plot beats are occurring in the film, right? Like, are sure. they are they introducing conflict at fifteen minutes in? You know, is there the midpoint reversal? Where's the three act structure, et cetera, et cetera? But no, this was like when I kept having to check the time on Sex in the City two. This was not of yeah. any sort of like cinematic academic interest. This was
0: just agonizing,
1: <laughs> like like just truly, truly agonizing.
0: Yeah the the time checks in this were the the dreaded like how much longer do we have to sit here uh mm-hmm. time checks because good fucking lord like this movie is just it's it's the most nothing happening movie that you've ever seen in your life like there is no like th- there's no energy to it it's all very subdued and slow Travolta yet again completely unlikable, completely unsympathetic as a main character the like the basic like message of the movie in 2021 basically reads to me as, if you're a woman, then you just take what you can get because it could always get worse. Oh, totally. Like, even, if you're, yeah. even if your husband, like, beats you and yells at you and uh, holds you under his thumb, you could always wind up with somebody who beats you even worse, right? Like,
1: Yeah, it's, it, it it's, sucks ass.
0: It sucks shit. And, like, you, you say, like, or you said there that there was nothing to grab you, nothing with any potency or power to it. Like, the only... Legitimately, the only thing I can think of in the entire movie Mm -hmm. that snapped me to attention for a second was when Scott Glenn walked in for the first time (laughs) in his mesh shirt. Like, that was it. Fucking
1: whole horse from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure showing up to the club in, like, a fishnet shirt. like unreal. It's... It's so funny, right, because at the beginning of this movie there's there's a lot to latch on to in terms of unintentional comedy, I think, right? Like, um do you wanna give us the uh the quick summary on this so I can kind of lay the groundwork of how this movie begins?
0: Yeah, okay, the the three-sentence summary here for Urban Cowboy. <laughs> um, so Bud played by John Travolta is a uh good old boy from the country, you know, from Texas who moves to Houston, uh, and immediately meets, uh, the love of his life, I guess, I've already, Sissy, Sissy, that's her name, Sissy at a bar on the first night that he's there, they get married after, like, a week, uh, they have a tumultuous, abusive relationship, um, Scott, Glenn is there as sort of the guy who works the mechanical bull at the bar who Sissy is attracted to her and Travolta then split up and Travolta must win her back via a mechanical bull contest, basically.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's it. That's it. And the like you said the moral of the story is either you live with a literal man child who beats you or like a criminal man who beats you. And um that's it, you know. I I the thing the thing on the on the periphery here that I kept kind of noting during the movie is that I uh, there there are so many more interesting characters in this film than John Travolta, right? Mm-hmm. Like he is just dead doornail boring as hell for this whole movie he all he does uh travolta's born after 1970s only know three things ride bull drink beer and abuse wife right like Mm -hmm. and and lie you got to get the lying in there yeah uh and and it's it's just it's just sad to watch him uh and I I need to get my thoughts in order on this, right? Because there is a lot of unintentional comedy for me at the beginning of this movie, which is where I kind of wanted to go with this to begin with. Mm-hmm. He he starts the film and he's, he's out in the middle of nowhere in Texas, you know, whatever. Uh, again, very, very stereotypical, very broad view of Texas in this film. Uh, I think it just barely touches on the fact that there are, you know, normal people living in this state, but for the most part, uh, <laughs> always a 10-gallon hat and frame, yeah. always like yeah. a Lone Star beer and frame, you know, uh, real, you know, real stereotypical kind of bullshit, but um, it starts out and Travolta is like leaving this small town, he's got this full beard, which is the funniest thing I've ever seen, he is the gayest looking cowboy (laughs) i've ever seen in my entire (laughs) life like i feel like i have to get that right off the bat Uh, the opening of this film could be a movie about a small town boy who goes to the big city to cruise for Dick, like just straight up. That could be what the opening segment of this film is about. He goes, he, he's got his beard, then he has to shave it off and he's like a twink again. And then he goes to this bar and we get this shot reverse shot of Scott Glenn walking in with the fishnet shirt and him and Travolta. And it's like, this is what this movie is about, right? Like, this movie is about the homosexual tension between fishnet Scott Glenn and fresh babyface twink John Travolta coming to the city, right? Like that is what this film should be about to me, right? And it's about a a romance that buds between bad boy Scott Glenn and Twink Travolta, and you know, uh, it, it all it all comes crashing down. But but you know, uh, it's sexy, steamy, whatever. But that's not the movie we get, right? No. The the movie we get is this dumb as hell Travolta character coming out, getting married after a week, having his marriage dissolve after a second week because he keeps throwing his wife around, and then him just really, him and Sissy and Scott Glenn, whose character I think his name is Wes or something Wes, like that. Yeah, Wes. And then this other woman that Travolta starts seeing to make Sissy jealous, whose name I don't even know because the movie doesn't Pam, dwell on I it. Pam, I, I, Pam. Yeah. Are you sure it's not Pam? <laughs> Pam. Yeah,
0: P A M. That's what I, 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 thought say.
1: Said, I thought you said ham, like ham, no, <laughs> like ham.
0: <laughs> no,
1: I swear to God,
0: I heard you say ham like no, you three mi- times. You
1: misheard me. You misheard me. This movie, this movie is in my brain, but it's she just may as a- well
0: be named Ham. Like it doesn't matter. She's she's barely like given. Ham. <laughs> like the mo- the movie gives no shit about this poor woman. No, like it, she is used by Travolta from the moment she locks eyes with him at, like at the end when she gives him the big speech about how oh you really love sissy not me and she like pours her heart out he just goes yeah whatever see ya and yeah just, like, walks he away says from he, her. She,
1: she does this whole speech and he goes i gotta go and then just like power walks away from her like vince mcmahon
0: like doesn't even look at her like he's no. like staring off behind her
1: the the best moments of performance in this movie are when he is at the end of this movie and he wins the mechanical bull competition and he says something like oh i wish sissy had been here to see me and there is a shot over his shoulder of of ham standing behind him and like The low dawning realization on her face that she has just been another woman abused by Travolta, right? Like, I think that is probably both the best shot and the best, like, acting in this entire movie. And it comes right at the ass end. But until then, all this movie is, is it's Bud, Sissy, Wes, and Ham, like... Just using each other, coming in and out of each other's orbits, like fucking around, walking around, sitting, riding bulls, giving each other the middle finger, you know, fucking, not fucking, cheating, not eating cheating, eggs. like eating it. E- okay, we have to talk about the <laughs> eggs. We have got to talk about the eggs in this movie. The amount of eggs consumed in Urban Cowboy is bananas it's so
0: amazing.
1: <laughs> so the first time the first time i noticed it is near the beginning of the movie they 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 spend a lot of time at this bar named gillies right which was a mm-hmm. real honky tonk bar in texas the the houston location or the location outside houston burned down but there is to my knowledge still one in dallas right uh they, sp- they spend a lot of time coming in and out of this honky tonk and there's you know Travolta and Sissy and Ham and and Wes and um Travolta and Sissy hang around these like ambiguous friends of theirs who yeah. are never really established as characters because they don't matter to the story at all right like they're just they're just there to no pun intended egg Travolta on during key scenes yeah. of the film and yeah. so we we get a lot of scenes establishing them as like these barflies and that kind of stuff and then Travolta's first I guess big big outburst or whatever. I don't even remember what it's over. He 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 has a lot of wounded pride in this film and, yeah. and we'll 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 get to that. But they go to this like diner after after they go to Gilly's, and it establishes the conflict between Travolta and Scott Glenn, because Travolta gets drunk and he gets mad because his eggs aren't ready yet, right? Like, they're just at this bar and they can't stop talking about their egg dishes. like. So, like,
0: I, I think... That happened, like the one where he's mad about the eggs not being ready, is before they meet Scott Glenn. Sure, and then okay. after they meet Scott Glenn, he's mad because they like undercooked his burger, so he throws his burger at Scott. Right, Glenn. right, right, right. The eggs, um, the
1: eggs scene is before that.
0: Yeah, the 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 first one with the eggs where he's mad about the eggs is the one where. 'Cause it's pre established, like, on the first night that he's there where he and Sissy are kinda making eyes at each other, that he has a threesome with two other girls. Right, like so the I completely second night he's, that, he's yeah. like in the he's like in the diner with Sissy and their two nebulous like friends, and the two girls he slept with walk by and they like flirt with him and then she's like pissed that he's doing that and he slaps her around for the first time. Um but, yeah, like, every every time there's anything to do with food, somebody is eating eggs, even yeah. though it's, like, one in the morning or like, whatever. Like- there's this part
1: near the end where uh, Scott Glenn is like, make me some dinner, and she goes, okay, and she just pulls fucking eggs out of the fridge. <laughs> like, like, every time food is on screen in this movie, eggs are involved in some way, shape, or form, it feels like. It is such a bizarre creative choice for this film. And and I think completely unintentional, right? Yeah. Like there's no, I don't think there's symbolism to the egg. I don't think this movie is about like Travolta, like coming out of his shell, you know, like, I don't think that's the intention. I don't think they're trying to say, Oh, people in Texas eat a lot of eggs because there's chickens there. It just seems like they were like, okay, what is the cheapest food we can buy to have on screen during this scene and the answer is always
0: <laughs> inevitably eggs. You know, Ryan, marriage is like an egg. Uh, is it now? Is it? Yeah. It, it's uh mm-hmm. it's a uh vulnerable ah. uh entity From which life may spring that is protected by a brittle shell that Uh, you must do everything to (laughs) maintain and keep safe lest your prospective spawn be eaten by scott glenn or something i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i
1: would love to see scott Glenn eat a baby in this movie can you imagine like I mean... like the thing about okay so the thing about scott glenn right he he is he is the most interesting character to me just because i like scott glenn as an actor right like mm-hmm. um i always see him and i think about you know his role in Silence of the lambs which is a whole nother a whole nother egg to crack so to speak but anyway uh i, I like seeing him on screen i think physically he is good at playing like a menacing character but mm-hmm. the movie doesn't do anything to establish him as a villain that john travolta has also not already done right right yeah like the whole thing the whole thing about scott glenn is he's bad because he went to jail for robbing the bank who, who gives a shit like who cares right like we've watched yeah. fucking raising arizona on this podcast like who gives a fuck but like The evil of him is supposed to be that he's, you know, slapping around sissy. We've seen John Travolta do that. And he gets a fucking redemption arc at the end. Like, it's it's nuts. Like, the movie does nothing to go out of its way to establish him as a genuinely bad character until the very end. Like, at the end, he, like, tries to steal the prize money or whatever. But this whole time, we've seen him, like... Building up this relationship with Sissy, John Travolta is this hard-headed dunce of a man who flies off the handle when his wife rides the mechanical bull. And Scott Glenn's like, yeah, fuck it. Like, you could ride the mechanical bull. Like, whatever. And eventually that relationship goes sour, but not until after we've already seen Travolta do those same fucking things, right? Right, Like, there's no consistency to it.
0: Yeah, like, for the first 90 minutes of the movie... Scotland is like the good guy, right? Yeah, like he's totally he's totally the good guy, and it, like there's a scene where after Travolta has already cheated on Sissy with Ham, Sissy goes back to Scotland's RV, which because he's living out like the back of the honky tonk or whatever. Yeah, because he works you know, and, there. And, and, he he and, operates and, yeah. the
1: mechanical bull.
0: Yeah, and they get you know they get close to you know, fucking and she pulls away at the last moment and leaves and you get this scene of him like crying and drinking like through his tears because he's heartbroken or whatever and it's like setting it up in such a way that you're thinking like, oh, are they gonna maybe like make some kind of a statement here? But no, at the end of it, he just like starts cheating on Sissy and then he beats the shit out of her and then it's just like, oh, okay, like both of the men in her life are scumbags who are, like, completely irredeemable. Great. Like, it's fucking... You know, like, there, there is a totally a way you could make this movie where Travolta is the bad guy, and he should yeah. be the bad guy. But instead, you have two bad guys, and by the time the movie ends, you're like, well, now I just, like, feel worse for Sissy because it's like, either way, she loses because this movie's entire thing is it's so bogged down in traditional like gender roles and this idea that a woman needs to have a man to care for or whatever that she can't just be her like she can't just be an independent functional human she needs a man in her life and either way it's going to be a total like garbage human yeah so like it, it she just gets the slightly less terrible one like Travolta beats her, but he doesn't break her fucking nose or leave her with a black eye like Scott Glenn does, so therefore he's the good one, right? Like it's fucking it's the worst.
1: I really don't think this movie believes that Travolta is a bad person, right? I no, think it, it is doesn't. I think it is the same exact thing as uh, as Fever, where they are trying to present him as as a man who is completely abandoned to his own devices right like oh he he is so uh, it's such a fucking tragedy that this guy is is wounded by his pride oh it's so you know dramatic and sad that he just can't look past his own prejudices to like see who this woman is but that's not what this is because at the end he he's still the fucking same person right like he, he doesn't change he says okay you know i was rude to you like whatever he just realizes that like oh yeah sorry ham i totally am just fucking you to make her jealous like i should probably go apologize to her and this like this whole thing takes place in the span of like two weeks right like (laughs) this is not some long-term change where he like comes to his senses and, like, has a turnaround and that kind of thing. Like, no, it's fine. It's fine that he's an asshole otherwise, but... Gosh darn it, he just shouldn't have gotten so worked up with his pride and just beaten his wife, right? Like, oh, geez, what a shame. But there is no intrinsic change to his character that would make you as the viewer think that, like, okay, it's gonna be okay after the end of this movie, right? It's been two fucking weeks. They knew each other for a week, got married, divorced after a week, and then got back together. Where is, like... The evidence or the proof or like any sort of character indication that this cycle is not just going to repeat itself with him because she never has a character moment, right? Like she is just a device meant to be shuffled around in this movie for the quote unquote sake of, of Travolta, right? Like right. I think, I think how this movie should have ended, how this movie should have ended if they wanted to sell this. How it ends now is that Travolta and and Scott Glenn go up against each other in the bull riding competition. Travolta wins. Glenn holds the people hostage to get the prize money. Travolta wises up and he's like, oh, I should go back. Uh, He goes out to comfort her. He stops Glenn from robbing the thing and everyone lives happily ever after. But what should have happened here in you know uh, not to rewrite every movie that we watch in this podcast that's just shit but really <laughs> if they wanted to sell this as like this thing of travolta swallowing his pride and coming back around it, it should have ended with sissy getting on the bull and winning the competition right like that's how this movie should mm-hmm. have ended she should have gotten on the bull and him been he should have been like well you know what you know i was wrong you were right i shouldn't have done that. Uh, I, I, I can, you, you, you've, you've put me in my place or you've proved me wrong. Like, I'm sorry and I'll do better. And uh, we we get like a taste of that, but it's just not convincing at all. It, 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 we've spent so much time with this man who has wheeled and dealed and lied and cheated and, you know, abused, abused sissy. And so you can't help but feel that it's just him getting himself back into this situation, saying whatever he needs to say to, like, work his way back into this, right? And I, I, I don't think that the bit where he has the emotional turnaround and and Ham is like, oh, you know, you still love her, it doesn't track for me because, like, he's just been using this other woman this entire time, right? Like, mm-hmm. there's there's just no vertical growth for him as a character, I think. Again, there's nothing here that engenders any sort of sympathy or empathy or relation to him for me. Like as soon as he's like being an asshole, like, Oh, bring me a beer, like slapping sissy around. I'm like, I'm done. Like I tune out. Like that's it for me. Like there is no redemption for this character in my eyes. Like, that's just how I am. That's how I watch movies. That's how I interact with the world. You know, I'm sensitive to that kind of thing. And so to see that happen here, it is immediately, irredeemable unless the film does some serious legwork which this movie just does not manage to do for me
0: yeah it, it has no intention ever of having travolta's character self-reflect at all like he like at the end of it he's not self-reflecting he's being told by ham you know how he feels because he's not capable of Of looking within himself and realizing that he loves Sissy or whatever, or that he's using Ham or whatever. Like, he doesn't care. Like, he's just being told, which is why he's so cold to her afterwards and is just like, yeah, whatever, later. Like, I feel like if you were to look at this movie right and you were to take the end of this movie and then jump like a week two weeks a month forward in the timeline as things are going the next time they have an argument over something stupid and like the entire genesis of their like relationship troubles is that she wants to ride the mechanical bull and he doesn't want her to ride the mechanical bull so like, fucking as soon as they stupid. As, so as yeah, and, like, as soon as they have another argument, it's just going to go straight back to him slapping her around again because he hasn't grown and he hasn't, like, developed as a person and he's not capable of introspection. I mean, there's a part in this movie where it's it's the scene, like, where they're first at the diner where he sees the other two girls that he slept with or whatever. When she storms out of the diner, he tries to fucking abduct her. Like, yeah. he just grabs her and starts pulling her into the car and then when he eventually gets her in the car against her will, he's just like, "You want to get married?" And she goes for it like this. Yeah.
1: Like, well, it's supposed to be I, cute, right? It's like, oh, she she's pissed off at him, so she she tries to like hitchhike or whatever, and so he leaves. But then he like comes back, and she doesn't want to get in the car, and he leaves again. And he comes back, and then I I I can only assume the intention is that it's it's like a ha ha funny, right? Where it's like, oh. You know, uh those those crazy kids or whatever, but it 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 just sucks ass. It's so bizarre. I mean,
0: maybe in the sev- in like nineteen seventy nine when they filmed this or whatever, maybe it played as a joke, but now it plays as just you know domestic abuse. Yeah, it's like
1: I feel like I feel like we're in a really weird position with all of these early movies, right? Where yeah, we are, we are now just on the cusp of talking about these things and realizing how much these so-called like classic films just suck ass. And I don't think this is considered a classic film, but it's like, it's like the Saturday night fever thing, right? Where it for years it was like, Oh, it's a classic. It's a classic. And it's like, it's like 50 years later now. And I think this movie may just be bad is the thing. I, I feel like, I feel like we are at a turning point where we as not just we specifically but yes us specifically but also as a culture are uh officially in the zone of hindsight on a lot of these like 70s 80s films where it's just like no these are just bad like <laughs> a lot of these movies just aren't good is the thing it's, yeah. it's 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 part of a culture that was passed down to us by older people by critics and by, you know, parents and grandparents and that kind of thing. Like, oh, this was so good. And, you know, uh, I'm thinking the thing is that maybe they aren't so good. So it's yeah. it's been interesting working through these Travolta films, especially.
0: Yeah, it, it's sort of like when you watch old cartoons from, like, a long time ago and you're like, oh, that's like a really racist depiction of a minority group or whatever. Like, I'm yeah. getting the same feelings Watching these early movies because, like you say, we are reaching a point in society now where we're talking about these things and, like, reflecting on them and realizing, like, oh, that's not, like, cool and that doesn't make you, like, a good person or an acceptable person if you're not, you know... Mm -hmm able to reflect on your actions and see where you're hurting other people like this is a movie that has no empathy for the two people it should have the most empathy for which is sissy and pam yeah it doesn't care about them they're props like they're just there to like, look good and be something to have on your arm if you're John Travolta and Scott Glenn, right? Like, they have no autonomy, and, like, it just all keeps carrying over to this thing that we've seen with Valley Girl and Saturday Night Fever and, like, even Bubble Boy and, like, all this stuff is just, like... it. It's like watching something from, like... <laughs> an alien society in a lot of ways because it's like
1: yeah
0: everyone who made this stuff and who believed this stuff is either dead or on their way to like being dead (laughs) and now we're looking at it like left to look at the like mess they made and be like oh man that's that's kind of not cool dog like you can't can't do that (laughs)
1: Oh my god! Yeah, it's it's really it's really bizarre, right? And I don't know if Urban Cowboy is considered a "quote unquote" classic. Um, I doubt it. I it has like barely uh, under 500 reviews on Letterboxd, right? Like, um, pretty pretty minimal for that platform. Uh, six thousand people in there have said that they've seen it. I I was under the impression that people considered this movie to be like a, a a star in Travolta's belt, right? Like like a big like like diamond in his giant cowboy belt buckle. Uh uh because uh let let me see here Rotten Tomatoes calls the film a first-rate social criticism. I I think that's being very generous to this movie, first there, of all. There,
0: it's not criticizing anything really though like it should be criticizing you know male ego fragility and toxic masculinity and Mm -hmm. you know gender roles and all that but at the end it just like reaffirms them like he beats up scott glenn and then sissy is like yeah okay i'll be your faithful wife and i won't ride the mechanical bull anymore like yeah. I I I I I want to talk more about why like how you could possibly have as your central conflict between a husband and a wife in a movie and have it be about a mechanical fucking bull and whether or not she's allowed to ride it. Like it's
1: well, there's just no other conflict it's in the ridiculous. film. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Like it's I okay, here's here's my here's my take on this movie. Uh of many takes, this is one of them. I came into this film expecting it to be a drama movie, a dramatic film, not unlike Saturday night Saturday Night Fever. I can never pronounce that. And I said that to you mm-hmm. at the beginning. I was like I bet this movie's going to take a turn and be kind of depressing, right? Uh, but my idea of it, which I thought was where it was going in like the first five minutes, was Travolta, you know, kid out from the middle of nowhere, rolls into big city Houston with his big ass beard, and struggles to adapt to, as the title would say, urban life, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I thought that it would be, like, him finding an apartment, like, feeling alienated, you know, struggling with that sense, but no, he moves in with his family, he gets married in a week, he moves to, like, a mobile home that he can just buy with his, like, oil rig, you know, lackey salary or whatever, um, and sorry, that that's a little rude of me, he's a gopher, as they call him in the film, he's where gopher, he yes. goes yeah. for things, uh, so, so, the sentiment of the boss towards Travolta is not exactly warm. And um, you would think maybe there'd be a little bit of commentary on that in the film. Uh, None whatsoever. No, Mm -hmm. no commentary about exploitation of workers or, you know, uh, workplaces or anything like that, just completely left in the dirt. Uh, So I, I, you know, I assumed it would be more about like him, trying to like make his way in the society, but no, he he does really fine in the society. The problem is this fucking mechanical bull, which is like the fucking white whale Colonel Kurtz of this film, and it is just the dumbest shit I have almost ever seen in a film. Yeah. Like just absolutely dog shit of essential conflict.
0: Yeah. And And then Sissy eventually gets on the bull and she's better at it than Travolta. And so like I guess the the whole thing is that he's supposed to be stewing about how his wife is better on the bull than he is.
1: It's unbelievable but, to me, right? Like, like again, maybe uh, this is just me. If I was married to someone and they got up on the mechanical bull and did that, I'd be like, fuck yeah. Like, that's the yeah, coolest shit like, I've ever
0: seen. But th- there's a fucking part where she's like literally standing up on it like it's a surfboard and she's like doing like sick dance moves on top of this yeah, fucking mechanical it bull. Rules. And he's standing. He's standing there just, like, looking like he's about to commit murder. It's like he's like, about to
1: get his head exploded scanner style by this. Like, he's like he's like that meme of that kid with all the veins popping out on his forehead.
0: Yeah. It's, like, it's unreal. It's so bizarre. It's so bizarre. Like, I feel like the movie should either be about what you described, like, the idea that, you know, he's a fish out of water and he's, you know, trying to make his way in the big bad city instead of him just, like... Finding his favorite bar on the first night and never leaving it well, unless he's at work. There is okay.
1: should, <laughs> Um, there is no reason for this movie to take place in Houston. None whatsoever. Absolutely no. zero. The, the plot of him and the mechanical bull and the bar and the oil rig and everything else could have taken place literally anywhere on Earth. It could have taken place where he was born, right? There is yeah. no... There is no, like, intent or purpose for it to be urban cowboy or in Houston whatsoever, aside from filming at a place that people knew in the city of Houston. The closest it ever gets to assessing any of, like, the actual quote-unquote themes of an urban lifestyle is when he meets Pam. And Pam starts the film as again a non-character, but then you find out that she is hanging around Gillies so she can fuck cowboys to make her dad jealous, because her dad doesn't like it, right? And so right. there's She's like a rich girl, right? Yeah, like, she, she's she's a rich girl. Like, right. And and I yeah. think I think there is like the inkling of a story there about how you know wealthy people sort of like like slum around so to speak right like they fetishize the idea of like the working mm-hmm. class they they fetishize the idea of of the blue collar of you know the, the 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 working hands right but that's immediately thrown away because she just becomes another tool for Travolta to use like in this film like like it never the conflict of that is i think never really addressed right uh, she, she, for her own part, for all of her understandings and misunderstandings, tries to be a good partner to Travolta. I think she like buys him shirts, right? She, she, she is gets one made for him. She gets yeah, one like tailored custom. for him. She is relatively like communicative towards him. Uh, like when she's talking about the oil rig, she's like, "Wow, you make a you make a pretty good wage there, you know." So it's not like she's like, coming into his RV, like, oh, this is so gross, like, oh, you can't believe you live like this, right? Like, she meets him on his level for the most part, which I I, I appreciate, but it removes any of that initial, like, like, supposed conflict of it and just makes her another cardboard cutout in this film by the end of it, right?
0: Yeah, like, I I would go so far as to say that she is, like, a doting partner, like, for yeah. the majority of it. Like, she is at his beck and call everywhere he goes, she is literally standing right beside him, or right behind him, actually, most of the time. Like, she is... Like, she's aware that she is being used at first to make Sissy jealous, but she displays, like, genuine love and affection for him. She is ultimately the one who lets him go, you know, Let's what she loves go. Um, like, even tells him, you know, if he ever does break up with Sissy to come back to her because yeah. she still loves him too. Like, she is done extremely dirty by this entire thing because she's just, like, she's trying and she's communicating and she's really, like, of the, of the four sort of central characters, she's the only one that's kind of, like... Trying to be in a relationship for any like oh totally yeah real purpose you know like like Sissy is with uh Wes by the end largely because. She feels that she said, like, because she is a woman, she has to be beholden to a man because that's what the story dictates. Like, Wes only has her because she's a woman and he wants to fuck her. Uh, Travolta is only with Pam because he wants to get back at Sissy and make her jealous. Like, none of those three have a genuine reason that they're in a relationship or whatever, but she is like, displaying genuine care for Travolta. And I guess we're supposed to not feel sympathy for her because she told Travolta that she cleaned the mobile home when really it was sissy when she found sissy there. Like,
1: yes. Yeah. yeah.
0: Like that's, that's like the, the thing she does wrong in the movie or whatever. It's, I don't know. It, it fucking sucks. Like, I I don't like this movie very no,
1: much. No, no, I I didn't like it at all. To be frank, no. I, I thought the um, I thought the two best moments of this movie were when Scotland first shows up in the fishnets. And then the part where John Travolta's uncle just gets blasted by God and just yes.
0: <laughs> fragged there, by a there, lightning bolt. <laughs> there are a couple of workplace uh, calamities that um, occur on the oil rig during this movie. We get a lot of needless footage of Travolta and the boys on the oil rig. Yeah. But like like yeah, there's the first one where, or the the second one actually, where his uncle just gets incinerated by a <laughs> it's bolt so of lightning. So fucking funny. So um, <laughs> so the
1: whole thing with this oil rig is that uh, Travolta moves to Houston and he moves in with his uncle's family, and his uncle gets him a job at this at this refinery or whatever, right? And um, he, he he just does menial tasks for a while. I think maybe he gets promoted at some point. But after he has one of his major spats with uh, Sissy, uh, he goes to work, like, kind of drunk, I guess. Like, he has a beer, I think. Um, And so he goes and he gets uh, hit by a bucket and he, like, nearly falls off the tower uh, and he's, like, hanging by his foot or whatever. Oh, God, it's so dramatic, you know. Ah. Uh, So so there's that. And then... um, He goes back and things between him and Wes are escalating, right? And uh, he gets on the bull. He rides the bull looking like he's going to shit himself. He's so intense. Uh, And then Wes, like, bucks the bull and makes it break Travolta's arm. And so Travolta spends a lot of this movie in, like, a cast. He gets fired from the oil rig. But eventually he comes back to work with his uncle. And it's so funny because we knew – I think you said said right off the bat – Uh, you knew it was going to happen here. They're at the oil rig, he's doing the night shift, and there's, like, a storm brewing or whatever. And I'm 90% sure you were like, oh, is Travolta going to get hit by lightning? And there's this incredible segment where his uncle is, like, going up a rig, and, like, out of nowhere, this clap of lightning comes down and just, like, blows up Michael (laughs) Bay-style, this tanker on this oil refinery, and just... Incinerates this uncle. It character. fucking
0: explodes like it's fucking. It's so Plaza or something.
1: <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like it's in the just... Hitman game where you put down the C four. It just blows it's up the incredible. whole thing. Oh,
0: it's so fucking good for, because it comes, for like
1: no reason for no reason at all. Like, genuinely, I could not tell you why the uncle had to die in this film. I-, I guess it's so he can run into sissy at the funeral to, like, establish tension between them. But I, I think that's a stretch. I don't think there was any reason for the uncle to die there in this was movie. There was none. Yeah. <laughs> There's
0: literally... Like, it adds nothing. His uncle... Like, the, there is no point to having his uncle explode other than somebody probably went, like... <laughs> oh, uh, we've had nothing happen for, like, an hour now. They could This
1: this is easily the half hour they could have cut out of this movie, right? Because, <laughs> like, they could have cut out a lot more, but the, I guess the whole point is that Travolta's on the fence about whether or not he's going to do this mechanical bull contest, and then his aunt is like, oh, uh, your uncle would have wanted you to have this. Here's his fancy belt buckle, and that inspires Travolta to go to the mechanical bull contest. Completely unnecessary. Totally unneeded we've been building up this mechanical bull thing for the entire film. Just have him fucking do it. We don't need this like internal conflict that has to be resolved by having his uncle get cooked like the Thanksgiving Turkey, right? Like not, not needed whatsoever at all for this movie. I think Um, it adds nothing. There's no emotional arc to begin with, with the uncle. So there's no resolution of Travolta, like taking up the mantle to ride this bull uh so get get that shit out of here right cut that out yeah
0: like it's the uncle is in like three scenes in the entire movie like when travolta first shows up and they go to the bar when they go to the bar the second time because like his aunt is entering like the dolly parton lookalike oh is that is that who that was i that i think that's who that was my brain had
1: completely glazed over by that point
0: Yeah, and then the scene where he gets blown up. Like, that's it for his uncle. Like, he's a nothing character. There's no reason for any of this to happen other than they think this is going to be, like... I... A big emotional moment, and it isn't.
1: I genuinely think they could have cut everything out with his family in this movie. Like, just straight up. Like, the family is there to establish the idea that one travolta is like being corrupted by the big city life right because he he's supposed to be at church but he had this threesome at the beginning and two they don't even
0: live in the city though is the exactly, thing. Like, they live in the burbs. exactly
1: yeah they're like in the exurbs they're like out in the middle of nowhere with the suburb that's being built up and the second point is to like have a place for him to like enter houston but yeah. he he moves out immediately and and I don't see why they couldn't have just had him come into Houston, gotten a job on his own, stumble into this bar with like a work coworker and like get his own place right like mm-hmm. like 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 the the family arc adds nothing there's no gravitas to it whatsoever. I don't think it's it's necessary and the beginning part of it, like if you want to do this angle about him getting you know corrupted by moving to fucking Houston or whatever the movie drops that pretty much immediately right like he has this threesome but then he immediately settles down with with by all accounts a nice girl and gets his own place right like there's no point to it
0: right like if you're going to have this story be about or even attempt to have it be about him being corrupted by the big city and the and the bright lights and everything you have to use the big city and they don't like they no. go downtown like once in the entire movie when Pam takes him and his uncle to like and and his aunt after the after the Dolly Parton contest to another bar because Travolta like gets in a fight with Scott Glenn so they get kicked out of uh the honky tonk right so they just go to this other bar that's it that's the only time they ever go downtown, you never see any exterior shots of Houston. You don't see him milling around downtown. You don't see anything of him in Houston. Like it could be like you said anywhere in the world. Yeah, it could be totally. any small town in the world. Yeah. We it see, doesn't matter.
1: We see like an inch of the Houston skyline out of Pam's apartment window, but that's it. There's there's nothing else there. I I did not like this movie. It, it didn't. I don't know how actively angry it made me. Like I I don't feel as mad about it as some other stuff I've watched. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I I have thoughts on it, you know. But it didn't enrage me. I I, I watched uh, Lady in the Water by M Night uh, Shyam- uh, is it God Shyamalan? Shyamalan. I don't know if it's Shyamalan. Uh, Shyamalan. I I really don't know. Um, but I watched that recently, and it was just infuriating, right? Like it was just that man jerking his dick into the camera for like an hour and forty-five minutes.
0: That's the uh, the Paul Giamatti one. Right? It
1: absolutely is. Like like the whole yeah, thing about yeah, that movie yeah. is it's so 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 the setup, lady in the water. Uh, to 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 plug another podcast so that a friend of mine is on, uh, fear baiting. They did a whole episode on this. But the, the whole plot of the film is that there's this lady in the water. None of it makes any sense. But but um, Shyamalan cast himself um, as a writer whose work will change the world, right? Like, he is the most important character. <laughs> it's because so arrogant. It's such... It's so it's, arrogant. It is one of the worst movies I've seen in a very long time. And it, like, infuriated me. Like, it actually pissed me off. The writing in that movie is so inane. And for him to be the, that, like... For him to, like, swing his dick around that much was something that stupid just just, like, enraged me. It really did. And Urban Cowboy didn't enrage me in that way. It just bored me. Like, I was just bored and sad, and I just wanted it to end. And I have a lot of thoughts about it, but at the end of the day, it was just a... Deeply, deeply boring movie. I I just wish it had been about Travolta and Scotland. Fucking, I really do. Yeah. Like, I wish it had been a movie about him moving to urban Houston, trying to adapt, running into Scotland in the fishnets, and coming into his own. Like, kind of as a bad boy, but you know, being a different person. But it's not. It's about him throwing beers around and slapping his wife and drinking in the shower and falling off an oil rig and getting his foot caught in the boards or whatever, just, just not even incomprehensible, but just interminable, right? Just dull, like just endless just like, and dull yeah. and, and pointless.
0: Yeah. Like it, in 2020, the movie is about, or 2021, the movie is about him. Like, Meeting Sissy and then meeting Scotland and realizing that he's not straight, right? Like that's the that's, be. W- truly that's what the be. movie would be like. If they made it now after
1: after he get, he shaves his beard off and he goes to like Gilly's or whatever. He listen, I've been to bars in Austin, right? I I know my shit. Mm-hmm. The way that man is leaning on the counter with that pouty little face and that gay ass cowboy hat, like come on. <laughs> like maybe that read differently in 19 fucking 80 but in 2021 that is a that is a a gay man out here on the town and there i I love it like i truly love to see it and i wish that had been the film but it's not and as such uh it is a disappointment not gay enough and also as you said not enough monkeys in this film another film that needs a monkey i think (laughs) (laughs)
0: I I think that's going to be one of our uh, recurring, like, little bits uh, that we judge it on. Could this movie have benefited from a monkey? Um, Something I do also want to bring up here, because we mentioned it as we were watching it. We're sort of noticing this pattern with Travolta where the movie builds up to some kind of contest, right? Like, Saturday Night Fever was a dance contest, Greece was a dance contest. This is a mechanical bull contest. Greece also like, had a driving
1: could, contest. It had two of them did, in there. Yeah. yeah,
0: and and I mean, technically, Carrie builds up to a prom, which is kind of a contest for the king and queen in some ways. Sure. Maybe you could say like, but they're all built around this like social like apex event, right? Yeah. Like, but they're John Travolta is the
1: alpha. He's the he's yeah. like. It's a really interesting way to position him in these three films as like sort of this bizarre, I think especially in retrospect, misguided beacon of like machismo to some degree, where like yeah. he is this tim like like ill-tempered, hot-headed, you know, prideful, red-blooded American male who's going to fuck these women and win these contests. And like it's just kind of doofy and sad and like not great in retrospect it's it's so it's so bizarre
0: yeah like i watch these movies that he's been in that we've done so far and the idea that he was positioned or was seen at the time as being this sort of like pinnacle of masculinity of, like, machismo, like, is frankly fucking ridiculous. It's, it's, <laughs> like, he, it's absurd. He is, like, he's not likable. He's not, you know, in. He has no magnetism to him as, like, an aspirational figure. And maybe that's just me looking at it as you know, uh, millennial or whatever that I don't look at the, the men he plays as somebody I want to aspire to be. Absolutely like I don't not. aspire to be a total shit bag or whatever, which is all he ever is in these movies. Like there's, it's just wild to me that like he was, he was the man that every boy wanted to grow up to be, and every girl wanted to grow up to be with. Like I, I said it with Saturday Night Fever, but it really explains a lot about why boomers are so fucked up. Yeah, it's like, yeah. It's, it's it's unreal. It's
1: bizarre. Changing changing world, you know. I guess, yeah. but yeah. good good God Almighty, just real good God, <laughs> real gruesome work here. So.
0: Yeah. So, Ryan, I guess I got to ask you, and I think I might have an inkling as to the answer here, but Urban Cowboy, better or worse than Borat?
1: Worse. Like, hands down worse. I would rather watch Borat than watch this again. If not for the content, then the fact that this movie feels like it's about four hours long.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like... I I wanted to be watching Borat for the first time since we started this. I wanted to be watching Borat, and that's <laughs> grim. That's grim. Yeah. Um, Wigometer, how are you feeling about the hair? I... And what are you thinking?
1: I I say, like, almost a, like a zero on the hair for me, because I didn't mm. notice it at all, right? Like, it just did It's not, under a hat,
0: right? The whole time. Yeah, it
1: just did not clock on my radar. The beard, I'm gonna give a strong, like, eight two because that beard is one of the funniest things I've ever seen on Travolta. It's, but it's so good. It's real good, but the rest of the hair, like, like a zero, like, really barely not even on the scale for me.
0: Yeah, I I would probably I would probably say like a 3 for most of the movie, mm-hmm. bumping it up to like a 6 or 7 when he's got the beard because I mean, like, he wears a beard in some of his later movies, right? Uh, now that he's, like, an old man and he can kind of get away with the, like, gray beard or whatever. Mm-hmm. But seeing him with, like, a thick black beard, Oy. like, as a young man is... Like, when when he shows up in the in the movie, like, for the first time, I was like, is that Travolta? Like, holy shit, like, that's, like, that's a look for him. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, so, yeah. Um as a whole though as a movie on a, on a scale of 1 to 5 i think i gave this like a half a star on letterbox mm-hmm. i did not enjoy it at all and and you know like i wasn't angry like you said i was just fucking bored yeah. like there's nothing here in in my opinion what about you
1: I gave it a, a a very generous one whole star, right one mm-hmm. one fishnet top out of five because I I did <laughs> like I did like Scotland's performance in this, you know when he wasn't like throwing mm-hmm. women around. Yeah. Uh, I, I I liked that. Uh, the beard made me laugh, you know that was really funny. Uh, there was one country song I recognized and I enjoyed, like not. And it didn't infuriate me the way that Lady in the Water did, right? So not, like, the bottom of the bottom of the barrel for me, but pretty damn close to it. So not a great time.
0: Yeah, um, you did just remind me there of something that did make me mad in the movie because it was totally unearned. When they play at the Honky Tonk a slowed-down country fried version of stand by me oh yeah it sucks um, ass as as travolta is cheating on uh sissy for the first time and she's going to west for the first time it is supposed to be this big moment it is completely unearned and that like made me go like fuck off like for the first <laughs> time like yeah. that was before like all the real bad like abuse shit had started, but like it is
1: hokey. It's just,
0: it's hokey and it's cheesy and it's not hokey and cheesy in a way that like, mm-hmm. you know, now, is good.
1: there was one scene that was hokey and cheesy in the way that I liked. And that was when they're all gearing up for the end of the movie and the fiddler in the bar is playing devil went down to Georgia and it's, um, it's interspersed with Scott Glenn getting his like shit together. You know, that, Mm-hmm. I, I did kind of like it not exactly groundbreaking, but it was the one part of this movie where I was like, "Oh, I'm feeling like kind of an emotion. Like this is kind of cool, but maybe it's just the song. Who knows?" I I, I did like that bit. Is there uh, is there anything else we want to we want to talk about? We we covered the uncle getting his shit rocked. Uh, covered covered the beard. Uh, talked about Travolta drinking beer in the shower. You said he looked like Germa during that. Was that because of his hair? Yeah.
0: Yeah cuz he has the hair like slick back there and it's it's it was just a very German mm-hmm. kind of because he he kind of does look like germa there's a bit there's a bit of in there sure from from certain angles and it's it's terrible <laughs> it's really <laughs> bad i'd rather watch a movie where germa is a cowboy than fucking travolta is um but no there's not a lot else no uh, about this that i want to talk about um what i do want to talk about though is next week because we've got a stone cold fucking classic next week Ryan. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. We are jumping back in with Nick Cage. We've got all the greats showing up. We got Laura Dern, we got Willem Dafoe, we got David Lynch's Wild at Heart. Fuck yes we do. From 1990 next week. What and a
1: fucking film you are. You yeah. are all in for a hell of a treat.
0: Yeah, I'm super excited to to see it like again mm-hmm. like i really feel like we're kind of at the moment at least on this kind of trajectory where travolta is really dragging us down and we're kind of relying on cage to pull us off. absolutely soul-sucking
1: yeah. performance from travolta this week like greece yeah. greece was fine i didn't love it but i was able to sit down and watch it uh, i do think we have at least one travolta movie in the immediate horizon that's going to be good from what i know but we'll Mm -hmm. we'll see we'll see how it goes we'll see yeah
0: we'll see i mean we've you know saturday night fever was supposed to have been good too um but yeah that's next week we're both very very excited for that um That movie won an Oscar, right? Uh, Leaving
1: Las Vegas was the one that won an Oscar. I think Wild at Heart won it like cons or something like that. Like some fancy European uh, film award, you
0: know? Yeah, yeah. But we're we're, we're definitely getting into uh, Nick Cage as like the man in Hollywood uh, territory now. And that's like... Exciting because we're still like in the dregs of Travolta. Um, <laughs> Ugh, I don't want to think about yeah, Travolta's un- <laughs> dregs. No, I don't either, honestly. But uh, yeah, um, until next week, Ryan, you do another podcast. Where I can people find you?
1: Yeah, uh, you can find my other podcast, Emojidrome, on Twitter at Emojidrome or your other sort of podcast applications. It's me and Sylvie. We talk about a different emoji every week and we do quote unquote comedy. Uh, if that sounds like your sort of thing, you know, give it a listen. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Curse and you can find me on Letterboxd at sewerpeak Peak, What about you, Niall?
0: Yeah, I'm on Letterboxd as well at EmoChrist, E-M-O-C-H-R-I-S-T. You can find us on Twitter uh, at Borat Club. Uh, you can email us at BoratClubCast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Uh we would really appreciate your thoughts on Urban Cowboy if you have don't any. Watch don't watch this movie.
1: Don't watch uh, this movie. don't
0: watch this movie. Yeah. We'd we'd appreciate your thoughts if you've seen it already. <laughs> yeah, there
1: you don't go. Don't
0: go out of your way to track this down, please. Um what else? Yeah, if you enjoy the show, uh, please leave us a rating, a review, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. It's very much appreciated. If you enjoy the show also, please like tell a friend about it because we don't advertise. We're not part of a network. All we really have is word of mouth and we really appreciate it when you know people say nice things about the show and tell a friend because uh, it allows us to keep doing this basically. Um, And yeah, that's about it for this week. Until next week with Wild at Heart from 1990, directed by David Lynch, starring Nicolas Cage and Laura Dern. Ryan, thank you as always for being on the show with me. Thank you to the listener at home for joining us once again. Stay safe and we will see you soon.
1: See you soon.